Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Why is it that you can hold your tongue and control your emotions at work towards coworkers who don't really care about you and they only see you or interact with you around 40 hours a week and y'all are literally all there to just do a job and get paid? Why is it that they get more respect from you than your actual loved ones? than your friends, than your family, than the person you are in a relationship with? Why is it that you have more control and emotional intelligence when you are dealing with your coworkers, but the people who actually care about you have to listen to you speak your mind in the most disrespectful and unfiltered way? Because it takes a lot of discipline and self-control and maturity to say, I might not want to do this. I might not want to fix this right now. I might just want to be petty. My ego really wants to win this argument. My ego really just wants to ignore this person. My ego really just wants to be childish right now and make them suffer. Or I really can't be bothered to deal with this thing right now and nobody's looking So I could just ignore it, but it takes a lot of maturity and discipline to say, even if nobody is looking, I'm going to do the right thing because that's the type of person I want to be. That's the type of person I am. Now, do I pass the test every time? That's none of your business. That is none of your business. That's between me and God and the work that he is doing on me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the show. I'm your host Sensi and on this podcast we talk about taking accountability of your life to become the best version of yourself. A few housekeeping items. Yes, (laughs) you know let me not laugh, it's not funny. Yes, this is audio only. I know, I know. I'm actually working on some things on the back end for my youtube channel and I, f- I, f- I feel i feel optimistic about it this time but yeah i don't want to go too much into that but yet yeah, this, this week is audio only i know foolery once again but literally i am going to batch record a few videos this week and I have a whole new approach and whatnot coming. I'm in the process of trying to find an editor and all of that stuff so I can outsource more of that because child my laptop has been struggling trying to edit these videos. Like you know when your laptop just starts making a lot of noise and the fans just starts going off. Yeah at this point I just I need to outsource it. So Yeah, I don't want to get too much into that, but this week is audio only. Forgive me, my YouTube people. Forgive me. Forgive me. I will get my life together, okay? But it'll probably be a full episode, not on the YouTube, but on the deeper meaning behind all of this, but that's not for today, okay? On another note, 
in episode 127, I talked about not bringing your same fears and your same goals into the new year because it's embarrassing and you just need to do the work to get it out of the way this year. You know, in the last, I think, 100 days left in 2023 at the time of me posting this. But yeah, I've been making progress on my list of things that I need to get done in order to, you know, continue to respect myself. And I'm so proud of myself. I've really been investing in myself. I think it's like the the Q4 last run of the year motivation that's setting in where it's like, okay, the year is coming to an end. You have one quarter left, three more months left. Do the most you can, do the best you can to finish the year strong, right? Am I the only one? I cannot be the only one. Like you're going to start seeing all the manifestation and the vision board and the planning 2024 and all that stuff, all of that type of content coming out. But even before releasing the content, I'm working on things personally on the back end because I'm going to finish the year strong. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back because... There are some things you just need to do to check off your list this year. It doesn't need to follow you into the new year. You just need to get your life together, okay? But listen to episode 127 for all of that. Now today, in this episode, we are going to be talking about who are you when no one is looking? Who are you really? Who are you when you're not around the people that you feel like you have to impress or send some type of watered-down version of you. You know, like when you're in a professional setting, like when you're at work. I mean, work is kind of different. It's your job. It's more professional. You know, there are different expectations of you, you know. But, and also it's tied to your income, tied to your spending, your bills, etc. So that, you know, that's that's enough motivation to you know, make you be at least more mature in your responses and how you deal with things. Well, you know, for some of us. But generally speaking, today we're going to be talking about who are you when no one is looking? Because we all have like our true selves and then the representative that we send depending on who the audience is. Like when you're with your friends, you're one way. When you're at work, you're a different way, rightfully so, because of the things I just mentioned. But then sometimes you're also different depending on which friends you are with or which family members you are with or whoever else you're interacting with, depending on your lifestyle, what you do, how you live your life, the type of people you come across, how often you network, etc., and what you do for a living. And I'm making this episode because, you know, this podcast is about becoming the best version of yourself. So the goal here is to encourage you to ideally merge your representative and your true self and let that identity align with who the best version of yourself is, with who she acts like or who he acts like, right? That's something I've been very mindful of, and I low-key think about this all the time 
when I'm in certain situations, and this is this has been going on long before I ever created my podcast. Like, let me give you an example. So I know that it is bad to litter, right? Like to throw your trash um, anywhere other than the trash can where it belongs. So there have been many times in my life where I try to throw something, whether I try to throw it across a room or I'm outside and I try to throw it into a trash bin or there's those trash cans where they have like a, a, a cover on top so you have to touch the cover, you have to move or slide your trash in it and I'm, I don't like germs, I don't like, that. that's not my cup of tea. So, you know, I get real funny about those that you have to touch and there have been times where I tried to throw something away and then fell on the ground and immediately in that moment it's like things pause life stops for me and I go into my head and I have to make a decision do I leave it on the ground or do I do what I know is best and I pick it up and I discard of it properly that might be a small example but that applies to everything in your life, every example you can think of. When you are in a situation like that and you end up at a crossroads of do you do, do you leave the situation as it is? Do you leave it while conflict is brewing, while, you know, things could get worse with the way it is now? Or do you do what you know to be right and you fix the situation or you deal with it appropriately, you deal with it maturely, you calm yourself down, you, you control your emotions or you step away if you need to and you come back when you can speak to this person respectfully, when you can respond appropriately and in alignment with what the best version of yourself will do. The trash situation was a small example, but it's actually something that happens it's like one of the situations that's like minimal that I can use to show you that this happens with small things too, not just big decisions. And for me, I find it happens frequently enough to where like that's one of the things that I can actively think about and pinpoint as a perfect example of that crossroads of do I just leave it because at least I tried and it's on the ground now and it has all of this dirt. Do I just leave it and walk away and go on about my business and let somebody else pick it up or whatever? Or do I, like one time I literally tried to throw something in the trash from my car. I was, I, I got Starbucks, I think, and I, was, I drove up next to a trash can and it wasn't that close. I tried to throw it in and then it missed and it fell on the ground. And it was in a park, I think. So now I, I'm like, do I get out? Do I put the car in park, get out, go pick this thing up and throw it in the trash? Or do I just drive off because there's a car behind me? And I literally had to pause for a few seconds because I really didn't want to get out. But I ended up getting out of the car and I threw it away in the actual um, trash can. And it's so small. This is so small. But what I want you to take away from this is there was nobody watching me, right? There was nobody watching me. There was nobody around. The car that was coming wasn't that close to me to see what had happened. 
but I saw it approaching in the distance. And it was like an off-road in a park, so it wasn't like I was on a main road in traffic. Nobody was watching me. I was the only one accountable for myself in that moment. I was the only audience that I had. And I had to make a decision. I could have easily just left it. But I chose to do the right thing even when nobody is watching because I trust and I, I would like to believe that in me doing the right thing when nobody is looking, that it would be easier for me to do the right thing when everybody is looking because that's just who I am because I practice it consistently and daily if possible when nobody is looking in the big things and the little things. So that's what I want you to think about in your life. It might be something like the trash example. It might be that same example or it might be something else. It might be something bigger. It might be something smaller. But there are many opportunities in our lives where we have to choose. Do we do the right thing when no one is looking or do we just act like it didn't happen and go on with our lives? I want you to understand that when you do the latter, which is, you know, ignore it, act like it didn't happen, just leave things how they are, you are casting a vote for the identity that is not in alignment with who the best version of yourself is. You are choosing to go against that. And that is a habit that you are forming. And that habit will be applied in many other areas. Now you think it doesn't matter. But when it does matter, it would be a lot harder to do the right thing for big things if no one is looking because you're so used to just doing the bare minimum and letting things slide and not doing the right thing. It's not a good habit to practice. It's not a good thing to do. Practicing doing the right thing when no one is looking, even for small things like making sure I don't leave my trash lying around for somebody else to pick up, really helps me when it's time to make those bigger decisions. Like don't be the type of person who would pick up the trash when other people are around because you want to impress them or set some type of good example and you know damn well that if you were by yourself, that is not what you would do. Because now you are being fake. Now you are performing. Now you are people pleasing. Now you are sending your representative to act in a way that doesn't even truly represent who you are. And yes, you might be the only one that knows it. But at the end of the day, because you know it, that's going to affect your confidence and that's going to affect your self-esteem. You might think you're fooling people. But it's going to negatively impact you because now when you have to say affirmations that are in alignment with the best version of yourself, when you have to say affirmations to boost yourself, when you have to, you know, be confident in yourself to do something, when you have to now trust yourself for something else, there's so much resistance and internal conflict because all of the actions that you have taken thus far does not align with those affirmations. And yes, the affirmations, you have to say it until, you know, you start to embody it, etc. But I'm saying when you constantly do those things that take a vote against the type of person you are trying to become, it makes it significantly harder when it's time to do the important things. Even when nobody is looking, it does affect you. It does impact you. 
And yeah, there are other reasons why people have imposter syndrome or why they doubt themselves, right? I'm not saying this is the main reason. I'm just saying this is a part of it, okay? So disclaimer there. But that's why people feel like they might not deserve certain things or they might not want to hype themselves up or they might want to be more humble than usual about certain things because you know you are sending a representative. You know you only put your best foot forward when you have an audience, when somebody else is looking, when you have to impress somebody or when money is tied to it, when your income is tied to it, right? People have to dangle certain things over your head. They have to dangle a carrot over your head, so to speak, to get you to act the way you're supposed to act because you're not able to do it for yourself. You have to learn how to do these things for yourself when nobody is looking simply because that is the type of person you are trying to become. And the good news is if you are able to do some of those things when you're in the presence of other people, the good news is number one, you know what the right thing is, right? So it's not like you're clueless or ignorant, right? You just have a problem choosing to make the right decision when you're alone. So the good news is number one, you know the right thing to do. And number two, you have the ability to do it and you do have a record of doing it. Even if it's only part of a performance for other people to put your best foot forward in front of other people, you still have a record of doing it. You know what to do. You have done it before. Now you just need to practice doing it when nobody is around because who you are when no one is around is who you truly are. When you don't have to do anything to impress other people, when you can just relax and be yourself, that's when your true self comes out. So that's what I'm saying. That's why it matters what you do when no one is looking because that's when you are casting votes towards the true identity that you want to embody, right? The person that you really are. So let's talk about some more examples. And I'm going to talk about examples where you are by yourself, so you are truly alone, no one is looking. And then other examples where you're not necessarily alone, you do have an audience, but it's how you switch up when you're around different people, like in a less professional setting, for example. So why is it that you can hold your tongue and control your emotions at work towards coworkers who don't really care about you and they only see you or interact with you around 40 hours a week and y'all are literally all there to just do a job and get paid? Why is it that they get more respect from you than your actual loved ones, than your friends, than your family, than the person you're in a relationship with? Why is it that you have more control and emotional intelligence when you are dealing with your coworkers, but the people who actually care about you have to listen to you speak your mind in the most disrespectful and unfiltered way? Why do you think that's okay? If you have the ability to control your emotions at work, then you have the ability to control your emotions, period. But why do you think that people who don't care about you deserve that more professional, respectful version of you, but the people who actually do have to get the worst of you, have to get what's left after your job drained you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why do you think that is right? Now, obviously, I mentioned earlier, your job is tied to your paycheck, right? The bills have to be paid. The bills have to be paid. You need the money. In this economy, the bills have to be paid. I understand rent is due, right? But, but the people in your personal life are important too. And the mere fact that you can control your emotions at work means you do have some, some degree of self-control. My question for you is to be more mindful of when you choose to practice that self-control and when you don't. Because the people in your life may not be paying your bills, right? But they are just important. They are important for your social and your mental, emotional well-being. They have other roles that they play in your life. They wouldn't be in your life if you did not care about them. They have a bigger impact on your life or just as an important impact on your life as your job with the income that you earn. But your job gets the best of you. And then when you don't have a professional audience of people you have to perform for, now all of a sudden this raw, unfiltered version of you, who is not the most respectful when you are upset, is who you choose to give to the people that you care about. Work on that. Work on that. Another example with the switch up is like, when you act differently around different friends. Now, here's the thing, and this is very important. This could be a whole episode by itself. But I'm fully aware, just as you likely are, that different people serve different purposes in your life, right? Different people serve different purposes in your life. You have friends who are your social friends, who you go out with, who you who are more adventurous, they bring out the more adventurous side of you. You have friends that you vent to and you talk to on a personal level. You have friends that you travel with maybe. You have tr- friends that you do certain types of activities with. Different people serve different purposes, right? You have your day ones and you have your day twos. My thing is why we need to really unpack what versions of you these different groups get and why they get that version of you. And we also need to assess which versions of you they get. And it's important because ultimately we are working on being the best version of ourselves, right? Now, you understand, hopefully, you have some understanding of what the best version of you is like, what their characteristics are like, what they value, what they do, what they don't do. You understand, you have some understanding of that, right? Whether it's vague or whether you're very clear, hopefully you're very clear on the personality and the nature of the best version of you. Now, here, this is the ultimate goal, right? On this podcast, this is the ultimate goal. 
You need to assess the different representatives of yourself that you send to these friend groups and whether or not they align with the best version of yourself. Because that's a very easy way to tell who is aligned with the best version of yourself and where you are going, the type of life you want to live, and who probably needs, you know, some distance between y'all, who you probably need to put some distance in your relationship with. Because if you say, if you know the best version of yourself is somebody who, I don't know, is like, let's say you want to be like a, a, a pastor, right? I'm just being extreme for a second. Let's say the best version of yourself, what they do for a living, they are a pastor, right? Preaching the word of Jesus Christ. If that's what the best version of yourself does, you, we are all aware what type of person that person has to be. Now, not to put pastors and preachers on a pedestal, but we know that there's a certain level of responsibility and accountability and people will put you on somewhat of a pedestal. You have to carry yourself in a certain way if you want to be like a pastor, right? If you have representatives of yourself that you are sending to certain friend groups where that representative, when you are around them, you do things that a pastor would not do, sweetheart, we, 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 need, we need to unpack that. We need to assess that. We need to, we, we need to work on that, right? There's, something needs to be done there because that is in complete misalignment with what you are working towards. So you need to assess whether or not that friendship is something that will be maintained as you work on being the best version of yourself. I use that example because I think it's very easy to understand, right? So let's say you have a friend that drinks a lot, smokes a lot, they do illegal activities, whatever, but that's one of your day ones and like y'all go way back, y'all grew up together, or let's say it's like your cousin or something and y'all are really close. If the best version of yourself is a pastor and you see that person doing all these things right now and they have no indication, no interest in changing or going on a better path, but you feel like maybe you used to do those things with them and you feel like the only way you can bond with them is if you do those things and now because of the clarity you have, you are aware that that is completely misaligned with what you are working towards, you have a decision to make, sweetheart, because the math is not mathing. The math is not mathing. I'm not going to be the one who will say, oh, you need to get rid of that person. But I mean, if one plus one equals two, okay, if one plus one equals two. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you don't have to completely block, delete, cut people off completely, right? Sometimes that's not the best path. Sometimes you have relationships and friendships with people that just phase out over time because as you become more aligned with what you are working towards, y'all just won't resonate anymore. And then naturally the relationship will fall off. But in that example, if you are supposed to be a pastor and you used to do the same illegal activities and now you change your life you gave your life to God and you have all these blessings in your life now that could just motivate that cousin or friend of yours to change their life too and then 
you help them in that way and then they change their life and now boom y'all are closer than ever and y'all are now aligned because they changed their life I say that to give you some hope. Sometimes people do change. Sometimes it's not a complete cutoff, but sometimes distance is absolutely necessary. And I say all of that to say sometimes it's definitely worth unpacking why you send a representative of yourself in certain situations. I'm not going to just tell you, okay, you know what the best version of yourself does. You need to just start doing this. No, you need to also pay attention to why you are not acting in alignment with that. Because there could be a deeper reason there. There could be something that you might need therapy for. There could be something that you just have a hard time letting go of for whatever reason. Whatever it is, it's not as simple as just saying, just do what is right just do what you know to be best you know there is often a gap between knowing better and doing better and there's a lot of work that has to be done to fill in that gap in some situations it's not just you know a flip of a switch I understand that that's why I gave that type of example but at the very least you need to be assessing who you are to different people in different situations when do you send your representative, right? When do you split yourself into different characters for different people? And then you need to you need to understand who the real version of you is now, right? Because you may not be in complete alignment or even close alignment with the best version of yourself right now. And that's okay. You know, we are working on doing that. No judgment here. You may not be close to that or you may not be aligned with that but you at least have to know where you are starting off right now you at least have to know who you are right now so that you can understand what exactly the gap is or what is in the gap between who you are today and who you want to become and if you pay attention to who you are when nobody is looking it will tell you it will tell you because it takes a lot of discipline and self-control and maturity to say, I might not want to do this. I might not want to fix this right now. I'm, I might just want to be petty. I might My ego really wants to win this argument. My ego really just wants to ignore this person. My ego really just wants to be childish right now and make them suffer. Or... I really can't be bothered to deal with this thing right now and nobody's looking so I could just ignore it. But it takes a lot of maturity and discipline to say, even if nobody is looking, I'm going to do the right thing because that's the type of person I want to be. That's the type of person I am. I get faced with these challenges and these crossroads all the time in my life, literally, even with my road rage. Are you even a normal person if you don't have road rage? I guess it depends on whether you drive or not and what city you drive in. I have been to different places, different countries, and I can tell you there are different types of drivers, right? I just got back from Jamaica and it was great. The people are so nice. The driving was a little scary, 
The driving was a little scary, I'm not going to lie, because we rented a car and I was, you know, there were many times where I was, you know, concerned for my life, okay? But otherwise, great experience, great country, great people, loved it, loved the food, etc. But the, the driving concerned me. The driving there was like scary, right? A little bit dangerous. But driving in Georgia is different. It's still bad, but it's different. How? Because people are not the brightest cookie in the bunch or whatever the phrase is. Pe like people here just drive like they didn't have to take driving lessons. Like, like common sense is not present in this state when it comes to driving like some people just like I don't I'm not a crazy reckless driver but sometimes it's like even when I'm I'm cruising there are people who still irritate my spirit because why are you on the road if you have nowhere to go why did you get on the highway to go 30 something miles per hour like that is a hazard at this point you know, that is a hazard at this point. And when people just, let me not even go down that rabbit hole, but driving in Georgia, people are just literally not very smart. Like it will, it will irritate you. It will piss you off with the nonsense people do, right? If you know, you know. So it's different. I'm not afraid for my life. But I'm afraid for humanity in terms of the lack of common sense. It's a different experience. But I say that because nobody, I don't think anybody in my life can say that they have seen me angry or pissed off or like extremely irritated or anything like that because I'm a very mellow person, right? Do I experience these emotions? Yeah, not, not not really anger per se, like in terms of other people. I, I don't remember the last time I was angry at a person. I like I'm I'm a very mellow person. I'm a very sensible person and a reasonable person. Before you piss me. Anyway, so I'm a very mellow person and nobody in my life personally can say they've ever seen me like in a rage or anything like that. People close to me, people who have known me for years, nobody can say they've ever seen me like that. Have you seen me annoyed or irritated with somebody or something? Yes. But nobody can say they ever saw me like just freaking out, like angry, upset, whatever. However, sometimes when I drive, it's like, sometimes I feel like I could literally fight people. Sometimes I feel like I could literally fight people because... There was one time I was making a right turn and people at the intersection were making a left turn into the same lane that I was trying to make a right turn and their light was green. And so they were coming. So I stopped. So I yielded so they can come. And there was a truck behind me that literally just started blowing his horn, drove up to my, um, my bumper and they literally... He was just like 
blowing his horn at me non-stop like like he was just like for me to go basically and there was traffic coming like the devil possessed that man that day because it made no sense you see the traffic coming and he's literally on me blowing the horn like repeatedly like for a long time and I, I'm looking in my rearview mirror and I'm looking at him in his car and he's literally pissed. And I literally, I had just left my apartment to go run some errands, to go get some Jenny's ice cream. I was having a good day and that happened. And I lit, I felt rage. I literally put my car in park. I, that's why he was blowing the horn so long like after the fact, because I literally put my car in park because he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go around me. I literally put the car in park because I was so pissed off because what is possessing you? Like it just caught me off guard that somebody like blowing your horn at somebody is literally like you are cursing them out. Literally, it's like giving somebody a finger when they can't see you just to let them know that they're being an idiot. And he was literally, when I tell you, literally just blowing the horn repeatedly, nonstop. So I put the car in park because I literally felt, I literally felt a rage. I literally felt a rage brewing up inside of me. Like if I had a Hummer or a tank, I would just run him off the road. That's literally what I felt like doing. But then I remembered we are in Georgia. These people carry. These people shoot. These people are crazy. And I might be pissed off, but I'm not that crazy. And I know I'm not willing to do anything stupid to go to jail. So I'm like, let me be mature and just get out of the way and pray. And that's what I did. After a few seconds, I took my car out of park and then I drove off and he literally like sped past me, almost ran somebody else off the road because there was oncoming traffic. Let me not go into a venting session any longer. I say all that to say literally when I'm dealing with drivers in Georgia, sometimes they literally they. I don't know where the rage comes from, but these people literally piss me off. And nobody can say they've seen me pissed off or anything at a regular situation. But to but the rage some of these drivers give me in my car, it's like now I literally have to say to myself, and that's the, that's, that's the easiest and most consistent practice I get like lately. I literally have to say to myself, you are not crazy, just let them go. Just let them go. I literally, I, boy, I literally have to pray and I'm like, Lord, give me the patience. And then I just have to slow down and let them go or let them be stupid. Let them, I, I, just, I just have to pray because literally sometimes I feel like flipping people off or flicking or whatever it's called like raising my middle finger so they can see in their rearview mirror or like putting it out of my window so they can see it like that's that's literally how mad people make me driving sometimes but i 
nobody in my life can say they've seen me do that or act that way. But sometimes when I'm driving, not all the time, but every now and then, I come across a driver that literally just makes me want to spiral. And it gets to the point where I want to do that, but I'm just like, that's really not who I am. I've never even acted that way with people in my own life. So I don't want to let the rage consume me. I don't want to let the road rage get out of control because it's petty. It's, it's, it's minuscule. It's not even that important, right? Let me just go get some Starbucks and some ice cream and calm myself down. We just pray. So I say a lot to say it's literally like that's just an example in my personal life. Like it's literally a constant battle sometimes when I drive because sometimes I feel like my road rage is just it's practice because if I don't act like that in my own life at all ever, why do I give these people that I don't even know that I will never see again in my life probably will never meet again why am I giving them all of this power of over my energy why am I causing them to bring out so much anger and frustration in me to the point where I want to like curse them out or I'm screaming in my car right not at them where they can hear me because again people shoot okay my life is precious but why let it why let it bring out such an adverse reaction in me because nobody's looking quote unquote it's like a personal private moment but if the people who know me to be the soft sweet calm mellow person that I am and that I usually am 23 7 outside of driving why is why is there this one situation that will literally make me scream in my car you see what I'm saying? So now I'm saying to myself, okay, I need to practice the same kind of patience and tolerance that I have for these drivers. And I just need to let them go. I just need to assume. I saw somebody say something like when they are driving and they see somebody driving crazy or really slow and just reckless or acting like they don't know where they're going and it becomes dangerous, especially on the highway, they assume it's like, a really old person or they assume it's like a mom in the car with a baby screaming in the back seat and she's stressed out like they assume it's like one of those extreme situations so that they can have compassion for the driver instead of getting road rage right and that has helped me because ever since I thought about it that way sometimes I realize like when I'm driving and the speed limit is like 45 and I'm going you know about 45 50 ish and then you know that's that's the speed of traffic everybody's going that way and then we come across a car that's like going 15 and now I'm pissed because you're holding up traffic well not pissed but now I'm irritated every time I pass them I see that it's like an older person and they're sitting with their like they're hunched over the steering wheel can barely see and now I feel bad because I was like I already screamed at you in my car and I'm like, move, you know, and I pass and it's like an old person. I'm just like, okay, I feel bad now, you know? So I've tried practicing that and it has been helping because I'm telling you, if you, if you know, you know, if you understand, you know, if you've ever been on TikTok and you've seen like the Atlanta driving the, the stuff, you would understand because when people see crazy driver stuff on 
TikTok or whatever, people, if you look in the comments, people just assume it's Atlanta and it is because the drivers here are just terrible. But that's like, I've, I, I could, you know, just see it as an isolated event and go on with my road rage, but I choose to look at it as a lesson. I choose to look at it as God sending me almost daily, almost daily, almost daily, very frequent, consistent practice to exhibit patience, to practice patience and tolerance for foolery, because if I can handle the foolery on the road, then I can handle anything at this point. I choose to look at it as an exercise to practice patience and tolerance and not, not let people incite such rage in me. Now, do I pass the test every time? That's none of your business. That is none of your business. That's between me and God and the work that he is doing on me. Okay? That's none of your business. Worry about yourself. But I at least shifted my perspective and I'm looking at it that way. So it's almost as if I'm in school sometimes. It's like, okay, today I passed because I had compassion for this person who took five minutes to merge and they were driving in the middle of the road for quite some time before they decided what lane they wanted to be in. And maybe tomorrow I failed because this person cut me off and it just wasn't the time or place, you know? But that's how I choose to see it. It's like me being in school. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. If I could, this is that, like, that's the only place. That's the only place. That's the only time where I get so irritated that I would scream. Outside of screaming at Alexa when she doesn't play soca and dancehall because she's uncultured and I'm in the shower and I'm trying to have a party and she's literally killing my vibe. Outside of screaming at Alexa when she keeps talking and not doing what I asked her to do, that's like the only time I find myself just so frustrated. So I choose to see it as a lesson. I choose to see it as practice. I choose to see it as, you know, God just testing my patience because if I can deal with Georgia drivers, nobody can upset me. Nobody can upset me. So I choose to look at it that way. So choose to look at, you know, the areas that you are being tested as a lesson and grade yourself, you know, grade yourself, pay attention to why you may have failed, what helped you pass and how you can apply it so that that's not an issue for you anymore. But I want you to think of who you are when no one is looking. When nobody is there to judge you. How do you perform? Do the actions you take make a vote towards the person that you are trying to become or against that person? Who are you when no one is looking? Why do you send these representatives for different people? Are there some representatives and relationships that you need to eliminate because it's no longer aligned? Who really are you? What is your true identity based on the way you act when it's just you and you have nobody to impress? And is that aligned or how far is that from 
the best version of yourself and what can you do to start closing those gaps? That is what I want you to think about this week. That's all I have to say today and I will talk to you next Sunday. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.